Okay, hi everyone, and welcome to another Phil 2500 Introduction to Feminist Philosophy Lecture. So um, this lecture is on Bell Hooks' article uh, on sisterhood, and I'm really excited about this article. This is our first article by Bell Hooks, and Bell Hooks is um, definitely a, a feminist philosophy rock star, and I mean, I, I think she's just such a beautiful writer and it's such a good philosophical writer. I love how not jargony she is while still being um, really, I think, profound and saying important things, but in a way that's um, accessible, which is really wonderful and not something you get a lot in philosophy. So. Once again, this lecture will be divided into two parts. First, I'm going to give you a little bit of background about, um, about Bell Hooks' life, and then we'll dive into the article. So let's get started. So Bell Hooks was born Gloria Jean Watkins, September 25th, 1952, in Hopkinsville, Kentucky. Her father... Theodis Watkins was a janitor for the local post office and her mother, Rosa Bell Watkins, was a homemaker and Bell Hooks was one of seven children. She attended a racially segregated public school in Hopkinsville as a child. At 19, she began her first writing her first book, Ain't I a Woman, Black Women and Feminism, which was published in 1981 and in this book she argued that the intersection of race sex and class were at the core of black women's lives and that identity has the ability to produce and perpetuate systems of oppression and domination in terms of her academic life she received a scholarship to study english literature at stanford university she got a master's in English literature at the University of Wisconsin and her PhD from the University of California, Santa Cruz in 1983, where she completed a dissertation on the work of novelist Toni Morrison, which, which I just love thinking about because if you don't know um, the novelist Toni Morrison, she's um, just an amazing writer um, a black woman and it's just I mean I just think it's so cool to think about these this um, these rock stars kind of thinking about each other these really brilliant women thinking about each other so fun um, so Bell Hooks pseudonym which is her like her pen name comes from is um, connected to her mother and her great-grandmother whose name was Bell Blair Hooks and um, Bell Hooks spells her pseudonym with all lowercase letters as a gesture of her emphasizing her message rather than herself as author. Bell Hooks taught English at the University of Southern California from the mid-70s. She taught African and Afro-American studies at Yale during the 80s. Women's studies at Oberlin College. Um, in the 90s, and then accepted the prestigious Distinguished Lecture of English Literature at the City College of New York, or CUNY, during the 90s and 2000s. 
The Bell Hooks Institute was founded at the college in Beria, Kentucky in 2014. And Bell Hooks has, has published over 300 books, sorry, 300, over 30 books, I wish, 300, that'd be amazing, but it's a lot of work, <laughs> has published over 30 books and scholarly articles in topics including masculinity, patri the patriarchy, feminist philosophy, community creation, racism, intersectionality, and many other things. So I'll just, so here are some um, titles from some of her works. She's written on um, the will to, will to change, men, masculinity, and love, communion, the female search for love, feminist theory from margin to center, talking back, thinking feminism, thinking black. And she's also written some um, autobiographical works, bone black, memories of childhood, wounds of passion, a writing life. So, I mean, a very, impre very impressive woman. So let's get into the article. We'll do um, about another 15 minutes of article and then take a break and finish in our second lecture. So, I mean, one thing I loved about this article, just in terms of um, us reading it as well, is she starts by saying, in this new year, I feel it is imperative that feminist activists recognize the primacy of struggle, the significance of struggle in political work on an individual and collective level. So we are also the beginning of a new year. So maybe there's, there are things for us to learn for our new year as well. So one idea at the beginning of this article that I wanna draw attention to is her discussion about conflict and um, this reappears at other points in the article but very much at the beginning of this piece is about using const conflict constructively so she says radical commitment to political struggle carries with it the willingness to accept responsibility for using conflict constructively as a way to enhance and enrich our understanding of one another, as a guide directing and shaping the parameters of our political solidarity. And she points out specifically that there's conflict between white women and women of color in the feminist movement. And she says that sometimes this conflict is so, feels so overwhelming that it becomes a cause for despair and we might feel that it's impossible for us to work and live together in social spaces without these this these relationships being tainted by politics of domination but another i mean one of her big ideas in this paper is that we that political solidarity between women is is essential to um, the fight to end st structures of oppression. And then I just want to draw um, your attention to another um, idea that that's a little bit um, of a kind of a, it's not one of maybe not one of the central points in this paper, but 
she makes this really neat comment about how teaching or the a comment that I really like maybe calling it neat is um doesn't give it the the oomph it deserves but she has this point I I really like about how for her for Hooks teaching is political work and the classroom a space for radical political action teaching is subversive or it's it's subversive to make the university a site for trying to develop critical consciousness and it's she says it's not a course of action that ensures acceptance or prolonged employment um but i mean i i i also think this is i mean i'm i agree with bell hooks that teaching i mean especially something teaching something like this like feminist philosophy is um political work and um and and this idea that education is a educate education can be about um trying to foster critical consciousness and uh yeah that's so we'll keep that maybe in mind for the for the rest of the semester and uh, and maybe you d don't agree with me that's good too that's critical consciousness so um so it's win 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 here so bell hooks says that she gives us kind of her radical politic her political view which she says is really kind of connected back to this to um the idea of to crenshaw's idea of intersectionality that politics of domination which include imperialism imperialism capitalism racism sexism classism that there has to be a collective challenge and a co collective change for a new social order to emerge so she you can see that bell hooks has this recognizes the the way that these systems of domination or oppression are interlocking and that feminists need to be committed to revolutionary change addressing these many overlapping and intertwined systems of domination so she says like other forms of group oppression sexism is perpetuated both by um, institutions and social structures and individuals as well and she talks about the ways that um, I mean one of the big one of the things that she mentions qu quite a bit through this article is the way these the way these things become internalized in us the way sexism and racism and classism become um, internalized in us we are kind of our own policers of these things um, both for in the way we relate to others but also in the way that we relate to ourselves and see ourselves so then we get to this um really i think important idea about this important criticism of white women's liberation and um she points out i think 
right, very rightly, that that this that early white women's feminism and liberationists were based on an idea of common oppression that what was seen to bond women in this in the fight to end um, sexism was a shared oppression a shared victimhood but bell hooks points out and this is you know building on this on crenshaw's point about intersectionality which is that an idea i mean common oppression is just going to be such a difficult foundation on which to build um, solidarity and community and bonding because there's going to be so much variation across individual experiences of oppression precisely because all these different systems of oppression interlock and overlap and mix together to create unique experiences of um, oppression depending on where you're located right I mean um, yeah this is back to the Crenshaw point and um, you know really part of what Bell Hooks is complicating here she has a great line a little bit later about this idea of good girls and bad boys that um, that it's just it's just over simplistic it's just oversimplified overly simplistic or oversimplified to say that you know kind of women are victims and they have some kind of common shared experience of oppression and men are bad guys because there's just so many layers in in these um, social structures so many kind of oppressive layers that uh, mix together in particular ways that we need to pay attention to and this brings us to um, another point that bell hooks makes about using a shared oppression or shared victimhood as the basis for um, solidarity and bonding between women so i mean first she just says look this is just a false platform false and corrupt she says that disguises and mystifies the true nature of women's varied and complex social realities um but another point she makes is look this this um, emphasis on victimhood is directly reflects male supremacist thinking that to be female is to be a victim. So not only is it just not a good, um, a false foundation for bonding, but it also reflects kind of patriarchal um, thinking that what what we share is a victimization and she says in their daily lives most women are not continually passive helpless or powerless victims um and she said you know having this idea that that's what we shared means that women had to conceive of themselves as victims 
in order to feel that the feminist movement was relevant to their lives. And what we need in order to have sustained bonding is we need to confront these isms and try to eliminate them so that we can meet each other um, in a, a, a place where we can have real relationships. And she makes this point about um, that this logic, this, this idea that what, what is uh, shared across women in the feminist movement is going to be this um, a, a shared experience of oppression, she says, led white women activists along with black men to suggest that black women were so strong they didn't need to be active in the feminist movement. And Bell Hooks points out that, ironically, she argues that the women who were most eager to be seen as victims were generally the more privileged and powerful of women compared to the vast majority of women in our society. And maybe a third, or are we on maybe fourth or fifth, um, issue that Bell Hooks has with this bonding as victims is she says it gets it makes white women think white women liberationists think that they can get that they're off the hook for their own role in oppressive systems that they're not required to assume responsibility for confronting the complexity of their own experience which is going to involve for many of us privileges lots of privileges right as a white woman i benefit from um the i I benefit from a racist system and as a you know middle class woman i benefit from classist society and that that these are complexities that change my experience of a sexist system so she says, look, identifying as victims means you can abdicate responsibility, which just means give up responsibility for our, our roles in perpetuating and maintaining these oppressive systems. And she says you, th- th- you escape that by saying that I'm the victim and that men are the enemy only and she is clear that the this idea that only men are the enemy is um is just not true that's just not true and and systems of oppress oppression affect men in all kinds of ways too i mean one of the things that we've talked about before is even even men who tick all the all the privileged boxes are are still are still exist is still existing and becoming in this system um in this you know kind of classist sexist all these racist uh, systems which 
has an has an impact which hugely impacts who they are as well who they can be what kind of person they can be how they think of themselves how they move through the world um so i think even when you tick all these boxes uh you're you're all the privilege boxes doesn't mean that you're not un that you're unchanged that you're not also shaped in response to these systems and uh and i think there are lots of negatives about that as well okay so i think i'll stop there because we're going to move on to um a different section of the kind of the next point in the article about the power of solidarity um and so we'll pick up there okay talk to you soon bye okay welcome back and to part two of our uh, introduction to feminist philosophy lecture on bell hooks article on sisterhood and um so we're going to talk about the power of solidarity which is um kind of one of the next ideas in the article that she talks talks about and you know basically bell hook says there just can't be a mass-based feminist movement to end sexist oppression without a united front and she says look women need to take the initiative and demonstrate the power of solidarity how are we gonna convince others to be to you know to try to change these oppressive systems these sexist racist systems if we are sexist and racist ourselves um that's you know we just it's we need to address these things in ourselves and between ourselves it's got to be part of this work of 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 change right that our personal transformation and transformation in the way that that women treat each other has got to be part of i mean it's just it must be part of the the more general transformation because it's a it's a part of um of the perpetuation of these systems so you know she makes this point that we we need to define our own terms in order to develop political solidarity and I mean, this is one of her criticisms of the idea that bonding between women um, can, can happen or happens well when that bonding is based on a shared victimhood right one of her criticisms was this is this is using the language of of patriarchal oppression that this is what women have in common is that they're that they're victim that they're victims so she's need she says look we need to define this on our own terms we need to define political solidarity and bonding um on our own terms and again she says look we can no longer accept this simplistic good girls bad boys structure of sexist oppression we need to recognize the way that and you know this is one of the the points that Beauvoir 
made as well about women's role in the perpetuation of sexist systems. Um, and obviously we've added other isms into that, right? The way that white feminists have perpetuated racist systems and, and classist systems, which is also something that um, Bell Hooks talks about in this article. And I just want to be clear that we can say that, um, you know, the point about the point about the way that men are, say, you know, men who tick all the boxes or um, the privileged boxes, the white and, and hetero and middle or upper middle class, um, cis and all those things. I say white, white. Um, to say that there is, to say that there are, that, that we have internalized these things or that there's, um, in that, that even those who kind of got all pulled, like the, got lucky on all the, um, kind of, uh, op oppressive in all these oppressive relationships to say that there's um, there's kind of bad in these systems for all of us is not to say that that bad is the same that harm is the same to say that there's that men white hetero cis able-bodied um, wealthy men are also harmed in some ways by this these systems is not to equate the harms um, which is one of the I mean not exa not exactly that point but the fact that there is um, you know obviously women of color are oppressed by these systems but that doesn't mean that the oppression is the same and um, to be extra clear I think if you tick all the boxes the it's oppression is the wrong word to use I think that word uh, needs to be got needs to be maintained for us for those who are are at the bottom of a of particular types of social power um, structures but that doesn't mean that there's not harm and you know this is ties into this point that bell hooks is making about no longer accepting this simplistic good girls bad boys account of structures of oppression she says we need to work together to expose eliminate and examine sexist socialization both within ourselves and and then in broader broader communities and in you know even like greater kind of social structures and and she says women need to strengthen and affirm one another in order to build a solid foundation for developing political solidarity she says we must renew our efforts to help women 
men and women unlearn sexism if we are to develop affirming personal relationships as well as political unity. And then we're going to go through three... um, three isms that bell hooks talks about being a barrier to this unity so the first is sexism which i think is just such a such a brilliant and beautiful point i'm so excited to talk to um to you like young vibrant people about you know women in particular but you know men this is for you too but I'm really excited to talk to uh, you about this. So, oh, and then she also talks about racism and classism. So first she says, look, sexism is a barrier to unity between women. And she makes this great point that um, women hating women is sexism, is sexist and a product of sexist ideas um and this i mean i don't know how many other women out there have had this experience but you know i remember very vividly being out for dinner with um a friend's new partner and she was you know very well educated she was very radical in lots of ways progressive in lots of ways um and she made a comment at dinner that you know, stuck with me about just about hating women, about women being all these things, women being catty, women being, um, you know, like just drama, women love drama, women never talk about ideas. Um, And I wish I had, I mean, I wish I had read this paper and could say, what bell hooks said because you know saying bell hooks said something gives it a lot more clout than just me saying something so but this is sexism this these ideas um are sexist ideas so she talks about how women are are taught that they're each other's natural and enemies that there's no that that women are valueless and that they obtain value only in their relations to men in bonding with men or in men's men saying that they're valuable in various ways whether that's because they're there's their men are attracted to them that's a way that value is affirmed for women but that that we're this point that women are made to feel valueless unless men are giving them value in some way men are affirming their value in some way um which i mean keep an eye out keep an eye out for these things like think about even you know the cool girl on tv the cool girl on tv is the girl who hangs with the guys the girl who like watches sports and drinks um, you know, like hard liquor on the rocks and does does male things, gets her value from doing male things and, and being around men and having men as friends. Um, not that it's not great to have men as friends too, but not for your value, just for your 
just because they're great people to be around. Um, so she says, it's sexism that leads women to feel threatened by one another without cause. It's sexism that teaches women to be sex objects for men. And um, it's sexism when women who have repudiated this role, so given up this role of sex object, feel superior to the women they think have not given that up. That's sexism. She says, it's sexism that leads women to devalue parenting work while inflating the value of jobs and careers, right? That it's sexism to think that stay-at-home mom is less valuable or, or devalue that job and, and make work outside of the home better for some reason. It's sexism when women teach children that there are only two possible patterns of behavior. And this, I think, is really cool, what Bell Hooks does here. I don't know if other people picked up on this. But the two possible patterns of behavior that she gives are not male and female, or I guess we know gender now, so men and women, and not instead of sex, as a behavior patterns, definitely gendered. But that's not what she gives. She doesn't give gender. She lists dominant and submissive. And this, I think, is a really cool way that you see bell hooks moving beyond bad boys and good girls. Because what she does is connect the two behavior patterns that we're teaching, not to men and women, but to dominant and submissive. That we teach one group of people behavior patterns that are, that are about dominance and domination and we teach other people um, behavior patterns that are about being submissive she says sexism teaches women women hating and in feminist circles she says sexism towards women is expressed by abusive trashing total disregard and lack of concern or interest in women who have not joined the feminist movement so you think you're superior because you're a feminist and someone's not. That's sexism, she says. Okay, and then she also talks about racism as a barrier to solidarity between women. So she says the, this idea by white feminists of sisterhood as shared oppression indicated no acknowledgement of racist discrimination, exploitation, or oppression that that women feel by white women and she says this has made it impossible for two groups to have shared common interest or political concerns and she she makes this really interesting point that that kind of blew my mind i had this is something that i hadn't thought about which is just the absolutely wonderful part of reading other people's much more brilliant ideas. She talks about, look, if you think about actually the history of um, racial domination and slavery, that actually a lot of the time, the people who were, the, the people who were oppressing women of color 
were white women. Because, you know, a lot of that history is going to be about women of color in domestic jobs, let's say. And who, who had control of domestic, um, the domestic help in a household? The white woman. Because, you know, women's labor was divided similarly across racial lines. But then who was the, who was the boss or the authority or immediate supervisor was white women so I mean that just just made I mean it just is something about the history of racial oppression that I'd never thought about explicitly the the really central role that white women have played in the direct oppression of women of color I thought that I felt that was really such a powerful um, reminder about this that there's this history. Um, So you know, she says, like, she talks about this call for sisterhood from white women, and how black women were quick to point out the contradiction that they should join with women white women who exploited them in order to help liberate white women that just you know that this and on the basis of a shared oppression that isn't isn't there that's just not that it's not shared in a in a same way so she says, white, fe- white women discriminate against and exploit black women while simultaneously being envious and competitive in their interactions with them. And, you know, one thing I was thinking about in this context was changes in beauty standards and the way we're in a time right now where there's this real, like, white women are getting their lips done, fuller lips. So there's this kind of fetishizing of um, of physical feature of like of these beautiful features of um, that are associated with women of color, and there's this um, kind of stealing and like faking of these features, which I which really captured to me this combination of discrimination and exploitation and then envious and competitiveness that bell hooks points out she says racism is a fundamental feminist issue because it's so interconnected with sexist oppression and they share the same philosophical foundations they they have very similar ideologies um, racism and and sexism and she points out that in the United States, she argues that that maintaining white supremacy is a much greater priority than maintaining strict um, that maintaining sexism, especially when you're ta- you're talking about um, addressing white like excuse me middle class white women's demands for equality um, compared to kind of collective 
demand women's demands for for equality and i mean the collective could be obviously the collective of those demanding for um um equality for men and women can include men as well so she says feminist theory would have much to offer if it showed women ways in which racism and sexism were connected rather than pitting one struggle against the other or dismissing racism then she has this point um that i thought was really interesting about the the uh white supremacist background to maintaining control over women's bodies so she says look if if white supremacy is about um you know this like continuation of the white race or the you know the perpetuation of the white race then it makes sense that powerful white men want to maintain control of all women's bodies to control procreation um that that was kind of an interesting idea that was tucked away in this paper she says racism teaches an inflated sense of importance and value especially when coupled with class privilege so she says one reason that white women active in the feminist movement were unwilling to confront racism was their own internalized um or their own racism i guess it's not internalized if you're um white in the same way but your own racism and she points out that you can see this racism in the arrogant assumption that the call for sisterhood based on shared oppression was a non-racist gender gesture sorry that this was just a neutral gesture and she has this uh, this this little story that really i think captures that that arrogance or that that real lack of seeing the racism in this in this um foundation for bonding she says many women white women have said to me we wanted black women and other non-white women to join the movement totally unaware of their perception that somehow they own the movement that they are the hosts inviting us as guests okay so the last two sections that we're going to talk about from this article are first uh hooks's what what hook says about addressing racism so she talks about um acknowledgement of racism which i don't know if other people have found this but i feel like this is kind of a thing that's been happening in the last like few years where you know in in like feminist classes for example you'll have people who will you know you have white people who say acknowledge their racism which is a great start obviously to acknowledge our our individual racism but bell hooks is really adamant that she says look acknowledgement of racism is only significant when it leads to transformation it's not enough just to say i'm i'm a racist i have racist views i've been indoctrinated in a racist culture that's not enough acknowledgement's not enough it's a 
it's a start, but it needs to lead to transformation. And Hooks gives us some things to look for. So she says, look, we'll know that white feminist activists have begun to confront racism in a serious and revolutionary manner when they are not simply acknowledging racism in feminist movement or calling attention to personal prejudice, but are actively struggling to resist racist oppression in society. And one of the things that she mentions is white feminists like me putting women of color on their syllabi um, as as being, you know, it could be this, that, just doing that is not enough. That gesture is not enough. Just to, it has to, we, we need to be actively struggling in the resist, actively struggling to resist racist oppression in our society. She says, women will know they have made a political commitment to eliminating racism when they help change the direction of feminist movement, when they work to unlearn racist socialization prior to assuming positions of leadership or shaping theory or making contact with women of color so that they will not perpetuate and maintain racial oppression or un unconsciously or consciously abuse and hurt uh, women of color. And, you know, we might want to think about that, about, uh, I mean, how long, I, I've, I feel that unlearning racist socializations for myself is going to be, um, you know, it might be the work of a lifetime to unlearn classist and sexist and racial racist social um, socialization. And uh, yeah, this idea that, I mean, maybe hooks doesn't, doesn't need, doesn't mean to suggest this work needs to be complete before we, you know, meet each other. Um, but maybe that's something to think about, you know, how do we think about doing work that's going to take a long time and is going to be ongoing and um and then other work that needs to be ongoing and might conf and these two things might conflict right as she says women of color must confront their own absorption of white supremacist beliefs and she has this discussion about um switching codes in the classroom the way we might have different kind of cultural codes and sharing those codes with each other can help um, different cultures understand each other's way of expressing and relating to one another. So finally, she talks about classism and the importance of um, emphasizing class in the struggle for, for um, women's liberation or or equality or getting rid of sexist structures so she says look until we focus on class division between women we won't be able to build political solidarity so um that gets us to the end of the article and i'll just summarize a few things and and then we'll be done for the day so she you know, Bell Hooks has made clear that sexism, racism, and classism divide women from one another. And it's not enough just to fight for one. We must stand in political opposition to all of these systems of oppression. Sexism, racism, heterosexism, classism, 
because these are intersecting they're not these these systems these structures don't exist kind of one apart from the other so we can just tackle one at a time but they're all mixed together and she says women must learn to accept responsibility for fighting oppressions that they may not directly experience as individuals and the feminist movement suffers when individual concerns and priorities are the only reason for participation so i'm only going to participate if it's about sexism because i don't experience racial um, oppression and bell hook says that that can't be that we can't have solidarity if i'm only involved because of oppression that touches me she says women need to have the experience of working through hostility to arrive at understanding and solidarity, if only to free ourselves from the sexist socialization that tells us to avoid confrontation because we will be victimized or destroyed. So this circles back to her discussion at the beginning about conflict, about the importance of conflict that serves the purpose of furthering these, these movements. So not just conflict for its own sake, but conflict for um, conflict that moves movement f forward. And also, she says here, conflict that allows for the exp experience by individuals that, that might help individual transformation. Um, and we might want to think about the way that that conflict is happening now in social media with um, a call-out culture and whether that's the kind of conflict that we think is um is is a good means for transformation both individual individual personal transformation and social transformation and finally she says solidarity requires sustained ongoing commitment and that's it for today and uh see you next week